Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we are going to answer the very common question of is baptism required for salvation? In order for you to be right with God, do you have to be baptized in order to be saved? Now, mostly this argument comes from a verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, that says this. Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it appears at first glance that Peter is saying, you need to repent and be baptized for your sins to be forgiven. And uh, it's understandable why some people take that and say, well, that must be how you can get saved. But remember, when we interpret Scripture, we interpret Scripture with Scripture. And if it does not... Uh, jive with the rest of scripture, then there's something wrong in your interpretation. And so as we look throughout scripture, we don't see baptism as a necessity for salvation. In fact, if you go to John 3.16, the most quoted and memorized verse in all of the Bible, he says, For God so loved the world, this is Jesus speaking, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now, in that verse, he says that in order to have eternal life, you must believe. He does not say anything about baptism. It's very peculiar. And then John the Baptist, down in verse 36 of the same chapter, says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Similarly, in you know, we looked at John 3.16. If you look at 18, he who believes in him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the, the only begotten Son of God. Not because he was not baptized, but because he does not believe. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no, no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the whole book of Romans, the purpose of the book of Romans is to spell out our need for salvation and the mode of salvation through Jesus Christ. 
And so it's all about salvation. And interestingly enough, there are only a couple of verses in the whole book of Romans that even mention baptism. They're in chapter 6, and it has to do with the fact that baptism is a picture when we go under the water. It's a picture of our death with Christ. And so that is the only time baptism is even mentioned in this book that talks primarily about our salvation. So that is very peculiar as well. And here in chapter 10, when he is spelling out what is it that you need to do to be saved, he doesn't mention baptism one bit. doesn't even allude to it. Down in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now, let me pause there. We're saved, according to cha uh, chapter 2 and verse 8, by grace through faith. Again, he hasn't mentioned anything about baptism. And actually, in verse 9, he goes further and says, At not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Baptism is an action. It is a work. It is a result. It is not, the, it is not faith. It is... A work. And so he says in verse 9, it's not a result of works. Now, I'm not saying you don't get baptized by faith, but I'm saying baptism in itself is not a work of faith. It is a work. Um, so if we go back to Acts, this time in chapter 3 and verse 19, Peter again speaking he says, therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, why is it in chapter two that he says, repent and be baptized? And in chapter three, the same man turns around and says, repent and return. Doesn't say anything about being baptized. If baptism were required for salvation, you would expect that that would always be part of Peter's message, that there would never be any ambiguity about it, because that's very important. Um, why confuse people on the basics? Down in chapter 10 of Acts, verse 43, of him all the prophets bear witness that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And so, you, again, you see that it's through belief, no mention at all in baptism. Uh, Acts chapter 26 and verse 20. But kept declaring both to those of Damascus first and also at Jerusalem, and then throughout all the region of Judea and even to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds appropriate to repentance. doesn't say anything about baptism. This is the Apostle Paul. doesn't say anything about baptism um, being required for salvation. He says they were to repent and to return to God or turn to God. And then after that, they were to perform deeds appropriate to repentance. In other words, make sure your repentance shows because repentance is going to have an action following it. But it is the repentance that saves. 
uh, the, the belief that saves, not the actions that follow it. If we go to Luke chapter 7 and verse 50, we see an example here of Jesus speaking to a woman and uh, he says to her, verse 50, and he said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. Now, Jesus did not say your faith has brought you to salvation, go be baptized for the completion of it. He says your faith has saved you. Doesn't tell her to go get baptized. Was that woman now lost because she didn't get baptized? Absolutely not. Jesus didn't lie to her and say that her faith had saved her and it hadn't. Of course it had. And then another example is in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. And they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic, Take courage, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now he's lying on a bed. He can't move. He's a paralytic. And... So he didn't get baptized at that moment. Uh, he probably did later, but at that moment he didn't. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, seeing their faith. It's through faith, not through the act of baptism. Again, to Acts chapter 10, we see another example Actually, the very next verse, which starts a new paragraph in verses 44 through 48, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. Now, this is when Peter was speaking to Cornelius and his um, household, and they, were, they didn't believe at first that the salvation message would go to the Gentiles. Peter saw the vision of the sheet coming down from heaven, and God made it clear to Peter that uh, the salvation message was for all, not just the Jews, but for the Gentiles as well. And he goes and speaks to, to Cornelius and his family. And while Peter was still speaking, verse 44, these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for, for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked him to stay on for a few days. And you may say, well, yeah, of course. He ordered them to be baptized to complete their salvation. No, their salvation was completed because the Holy Spirit came, came upon them. The Holy Spirit completed their salvation right then and there. Uh, they didn't need baptism. And so what, what Peter is saying is since God has already made it clear that they are saved, they are believers, they are redeemed, they are atoned for, etc. You could use a whole bunch of different words. They're justified. Because of this, who can refuse water to be baptized? Now they can be baptized. Now they're already saved, so they can be baptized. That's the picture that's in scripture. You're already saved, 
now you can be identified with Christ. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But let's take a look at uh, another passage that, um, that has another example. Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. This is Jesus on the cross, beginning in verse 40. But the other answered, now this, the other is uh, one of the criminals who was being crucified with him. You've got the two criminals, one on either side. One was railing accusations, and now it says, but the other answered and rebuked him, said, or and rebuking him said, do not, do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserved for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So this this repentant thief on the cross has talked directly to Jesus, and he was showing his faith. And he was acknowledging who Jesus was and that they were under condemnation justly because of their crimes. But Jesus was not under condemnation justly because he was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He's acknowledging those things. In verse 33, and he said to him, Jesus talking to the thief, he says, Truly, I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. This is one of the strongest um, instances that proves that baptism is not a requirement for salvation because this thief on the cross was clearly never baptized. He, uh, he was hanging on a cross. He was in a Roman, Roman crucifixion and he was dying very soon. In fact, very soon after this, his legs were broken so that he would die quickly on the cross. And you can check out some of the other podcasts to see how that all happened. I'm not going to go into detail on this one because it doesn't pertain to baptism. But um, this man was never able to be baptized. And you may say, well, you know, Jesus just gave him a special out because, because of that situation. Well, wait, wait a minute. Either it is a requirement for salvation or it isn't. Because those, those requirements don't change based on the circumstance or situation. And then we have another verse here that seems to start to teach the same thing. But we're going to take a look at something that really helps us to understand what he's talking about here and what he's talking about in Acts chapter 2. So this is Mark chapter 16, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And this seems to say, if you're believed and you're baptized, you're saved. But let's take, in both of these instances, what we need to do is we need to take the context into account. Now, the context, even in this verse, says he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved, it doesn't say and hasn't been baptized, shall be condemned. How do you get condemned or how do you get saved? Through belief or disbelief. That's how it happens. 
Now, he's assuming that they will be baptized because the greater context in both of these passages in the Jewish um, culture of the day, if we go to John chapter 9 and verse 22, Jesus had just healed a man who was born blind. And there was a lot of controversy over this with the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they did not want that to continue because they didn't want people to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. In verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone confessed him to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. So in their context, in the greater context of, of the culture of that time, if you professed Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah, then you were to be put out of the synagogue. You were to be put out of the fellowship of the Jews, put out of the fellowship of believers, uh, um, uh, in God from the Old Testament, believers of the Old Testament law, not believers in Jesus, obviously. And so you were to be separated, ostracized from the community uh, to the point where they would even attempt to kill you at times. And so there was a lot of fear of being owning up to your salvation. This man's parents decided, I'm not going to own up to what I know, although the man himself had. There's another one here that gives us some more of that context in Luke chapter 18 and verse 22. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, this is the rich young ruler in his context and what he was dealing with is he said, I want to know what I have to do to be saved. And Jesus listed off a bunch of the, the laws and the Ten Commandments. And he said, I've kept all of those. And he says, you still lack something. You still are not doing something that shows that you believe. And that's the context here. The reason that they had to be baptized in Acts chapter 2 is because there is a action that follows faith. Baptism does not save you, but salvation does produce actions. We've talked about that from James where he says faith without works is dead. It's not the works that save us. It's the faith that saves us, but it's the works that show that you have faith. They are the evidence of your faith. They are not your faith. They are the evidence of your faith. And the same thing in Acts chapter 2, Peter says, if you guys really want to be saved, which they had just asked, what must we do to be saved? He says, repent, and then confess Jesus as Lord. Same thing as Paul says in Romans 10, 9. You have to confess that Jesus is Lord. Now, the way that they did that in that culture was to be baptized. If you were baptized in the name of Jesus, then everybody would sit up and take notice. If you were not baptized in the name of Jesus, they would just say, eh, it's just a fad. It's just something you're going through. It's, it's you know, it'll pass. And quite often it did. And so they had to show their seriousness 
of that. And Jesus here with the rich young ruler says, you need one more thing. There's something that you value higher than Christ. And in Acts, it was something that he, they had to do to be baptized in order to show that they did not value their security in the Jewish community or in their or even their lives. And verse 22 here, Jesus says, and when Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack, sell all that you possess and distribute it to the poor and you shall have treasure in heaven and come follow me. It's really interesting. Those who take those two verses, Acts 2.38 and Mark 16.16, 16, and say, uh, based on these two verses, you must be baptized in order to be saved. Not a single one of them goes to Luke 18.22 and says, you must sell everything you have and get rid of all your possessions in order to be saved. Why is that? Because it's absurd. Because salvation is by grace through faith, not a works, so that no one may boast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll continue a discussion on baptism and what is baptism and should I do it today next week on Freedom Fridays. Mm -hmm.